know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that's so young and up and coming, it just got an exclusive shoe deal from Puma. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you, you're making it. <laughs> Welcome, guys. We've got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, still, we're very close to the season starting. Preseason is coming right around the corner. Um, with that being said, we kind of wanted to start things off with asking the question, who's got the most to prove? Who... A lot of people, a lot of trades happen this offseason. Some people coming back from injuries. Who in your guys' mind has a lot to prove? Carl Anthony Pounds. Carl Anthony Pounds just signed a 190-year, five-year max con- super max contract. Big um, money. Big money. money. For someone who I think's good, like I think, but he definitely has some holes. I think there's definitely some bigger, better big men who are getting paid more. And frankly, he basically just forced the number one player off his team. He's technically Jimmy Butler still on the Wolves, but we all know he won't be there long. And so this is Thibodeau, or this is Carl Anthony Towns doubling down, saying, "Hey, this is my team, not Jimmy's team. I'm not going anywhere. I want this money." And you know, last year. He put up some good offense. He's obviously a great stretch five. Um, He's got good footwork in the post. But um, Carl Anthony Towns, his defense leaves a lot to be desired. And he could definitely bulk up a little bit because he gets bullied a lot in the inside by just bigger big men. Like you get a Jonas Valanciunas or someone like that who's just going to dominate him on the boards and in the post. He still makes up for the – he's got pretty solid board numbers. Um, But I think with that lighter – build he's more agile he's yep. able to get around this guy so he's not so much but he also has that stretch ability so once you get too big it's i don't know a lot of weight carrying around something like that it's harder to do you, you can get too big and lose your shot too yeah. um, you don't see a lot in the nba but you see it a lot in the college game people will be great shooters and they'll just bulk up in the offseason all of a sudden they're too strong can't recalibrate their shot again so obviously you want to be careful and not do that don't dwight but, howard the shit uh i mean Dwight Howard never had a shot to lose. Yeah, but he, so. just, he gained a lot of weight when he went to the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, 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 I don't think it was muscle either. He yeah. all, he also became a borderline diabetic and couldn't stop eating junk food. Exactly. <laughs> I think Towns needs to improve on the defensive end. That's, that was his biggest critique going into every game was, all right, let's see what centers he matched up on. All right, well, the factor in the game is not whether or not the Timberwolves are going to score because we all knew they could. It was – were they going to be able to stop the ball? Were they going to play defense? And that's what got them hurt, and that's why they barely made that eighth seed is just because once the ball went inside, you know, it was an 80% chance that that center was just going to be able to score. So so who else will – so you guys both agree that Carl has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anybody else you guys have in mind? Mine is Giannis Antetokounmpo because LeBron is now – out of the East. The East is up for grabs. Who's the next king of the East? Is it Giannis? I don't know. He has, so far, he's a great player. Like, no one can argue that. But his team has gone to the playoffs, and he personally has not been able to carry that team through the playoffs like LeBron has. So I think a lot of people yeah. now with LeBron leaving are looking yeah. at, is he is he's- he going to be able to carry the Bucks in deeper into the playoffs? Can he be that player for the Bucks. So here's the thing. He's what, like 24 years old? So if that. If yeah. that. I, I know that LeBron at that age was also doing very similar things. He was de- de- taking his team to the playoffs. To the finals. To the finals, but not necessarily making it. Yeah. 
Like 2005? No, but no. he wasn't getting eliminated in the first round. No, that's true. That's true. I'm just saying that it takes time. you got to go through the hardships to be able to get to the finish line. And, and that, his next step is... And that's why I think he has the most finals. to prove. Because now that LeBron's gone, you could argue that you could argue the East is wide open. Obviously, there are favorites. But the person who's been dominating the East for the better half of the past decade is now gone. Who's next? What do you mean better half the past decade? For the past 15 years. <laughs> yeah, well, his first stint in Cleveland, I wouldn't see. Was nah, he made, he made it to the finals a lot. Consistent top 10 player. Yeah. Uh, he's He's been a top five. So he's been in the league 15 years. He's been a top five player for at least one. We, we, had, this, we had this conversation earlier that is true. My person who I think has a lot to prove is uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think he's got a lot to prove. You know, he had all this whole thing, this whole off-season drama, whole on-season drama, even during the season people were talking. He only played nine games last year. His health is obviously in question. He's going to come back the same. I think he is. He's only 26 years old, so he's got a lot of upward potential still. Um, But his average is something that I'm wondering. Because for those nine games that he was back last year, he averaged 16 points, 4.7 4.7 rebounds, and like 2.3 assists. So that's his average. His career average is eerily similar to that. It's like 16, um, 5, and like 2. And that's just because the first couple of years in the league, he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, wasn't averaging a lot of points. So, I mean, he didn't really start to show the numbers like he was before he got hurt till like year 4 or 5. So that's true, but I also looked at DeMar DeRozan, who I think has a lot of upside as well, a lot of... Uh, a lot to prove, if I, you will. I, I picked DeMar DeRozan as one of my big guys to prove because he was a franchise player who got traded away. New so. team blindside. You know, yep. he was not expecting any of this. He was just he's, – he's kind of like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. He's loyal to the six, and now they threw him out to the to the Spurs, which isn't a bad place to land, no. but he's going to have to uh, adjust, I guess. I, but, I think the biggest thing he's going to prove is he's – especially getting into a Popovich system, he's going to have to – develop and change his game he's always been sort of a mid-range guy which has always worked for him like I think he plays very well when playing to his own game but he started to show glimpses of being a three-point shooter last year and I think if you're going to be in a, the modern NBA and on a Popovich uh, offense as a shooting guard you're going to need the three-point to be a big weapon in your um, arsenal I, I agree but I mean I think they have a lot of mid-range guys to go around so Greg Popovich doesn't want just it, it, He'll work with what he has. If you can't shoot the three that well, he's not going to put you in a position that you need to shoot the three that well. He's just he's really good at organizing his offense around the players that he has. Going to the Greg Popovich offense, he works with what he has, not necessarily around a certain system. So if he has players who can't shoot the three, he's not going to put them in situations to shoot the three. Uh, look at Tim Duncan. He didn't have a stretch five, but they found a, a workaround to make sure he didn't ever have to be in that position. They kind of did the same with Aldridge, kind of worked the offense around to kind of fit his style more, and that's what ultimately kept Aldridge in San Antonio for this past season. I don't think they're going to have to do much to work to change his game in the the beginning at all, really. He's uh, shooting the three pretty pretty steadily, um, but he was doing – he's rocking about 23 points per game – 3.9 rebounds per game and 5.2 assists per game, which are all better numbers than Kawhi's, which except for the rebounds. But I think I think Kawhi will have more to prove 
this season than tomorrow because of all the offseason and last season's issues and woes because he is going to Toronto, which he has voiced his opinion in the past that he would not want to play there. But he's – I think he's probably – He also is becoming a free, a bigger free, a big free agent after this offseason. So I think he is the most approved because at the end of the day, he's – People are remembering him and thinking of him what he was before he went out in the playoffs. That's what people are thinking Kawhi Leonard is. And if he is not up to that, then his trade value for the next year or his off his free agent value Raptors goes down. Raptors look like idiots. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, it's I thought it was a good trade for the Spurs to be honest. Great when trade it, when for it, the when Spurs. They first, they when got, that first broke. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I think Kawhi will have as more to prove this season than Demar does. Okay. Because Kawhi kind of has to reestablish himself in the NBA. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So you said Demar, you said Kawhi. Uh, I had both those guys as well. Somebody who I think is a little bit lesser, not going to be the All Star, but needs to kind of learn his role. I think he has a lot to prove. Is Carmelo Anthony? He's on another new team, um, possibly coming off the bench. I think that was talked about. Uh, we all know he doesn't necessarily want to, but if he ends up coming off the bench, how is that going to work? I think that's where he needs to come off personally. But if if that's if he still sucks coming off the bench, maybe it's just time to retire. He's thirty three, so I mean he should still have some time left in the uh, in the game. But I don't know. What yeah, do you guys think? Um, I think Carmelo Anthony. He has a lot to prove. Um, part of this is I I personally think he's past his prime, and I hope he proves me wrong because I'm a big Melo fan. But I think if Carmelo Anthony wants to continue in the NBA, this is pretty much the pivotal pivotal year. I think if he has uh, another awful year, there's not going to be a lot of teams signing up to even sign him to a veteran minimum next year because it's not like he's a guy known for strong locker room presence. He, a lot of trouble comes with him, and he plays a lot of iso ball, which the modern NBA – I don't want to say it's moving away from because you got teams like the Rockets, but exactly which it, is where he's at. So I mean, that's the perfect spot for him. If he's going to play ISO ball, he needs to get a lot more efficient. He played, mm-hmm. in, especially in OKC, he played very low efficiency basketball. He didn't mm-hmm. shoot well. He had a good number of turnovers. His defense was mediocre at best. Laughable. Yeah. Um. So I I I do think he, this is a big proving year for him. This is maybe the biggest proving year of his career because. This is the first time where one year. Better this is the first year yeah. he's truly been doubted. Like yeah. everyone knew what kind of talent he was coming out of Syracuse after the national championship. Everyone kind of knew what he was when he went from Denver to the Knicks. The Thunder kind of maybe, we were hyped. I was yeah, I agree. They were hyped because we they they thought so you know Melo's getting out of that that bad that negative situation in New York. New team, new Melo. They didn't see it. I mean, so. he dropped off very much. He went from 22 points per game to 16 points per game. Almost all of his stats took a dip, and he was he was joining a team with two all stars. He was he was, and his numbers were gonna take a dip. But I think if one category is gonna fall, another category needs to rise for you to be more of I don't know an effective player. Like you can't just go on a team and start sucking. Really, like well, I'm playing with other good players, yeah. so. so- if this points that go means down, that you need then, to start filling a different yeah. role than what you're used to. Points go down, then maybe your efficiency goes up. So you're not taking as many shots, but when you are, you're making more of those shots, something like that. Yeah. Uh, an- another thing to look for with Mello is uh, Mike D'Antoni oh. left the Knicks because he hated because he oh. refused to work with Mello. Um, like Mike D'Antoni and Mello do not mesh, and this is absolutely Mike D'Antoni's team. Whereas I think the Knicks, there's a lot more fight of whether or not the coach really ran the team, and so he's gonna have to sort of bend to the coach's will and make it a point to be that 
be the player he's never really been. Of, the power roles are different, so yeah. we'll definitely see if that's gonna if he's still gonna be hard nosed and uh, this is how I'm gonna play, or he's gonna listen up to what the coach has to say. I think D'Antoni wouldn't hesitate for a second to release Melo. I think he'd get a little bit of joy out of it. <laughs> get a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah. you know what? Fine. Yeah. Um. So what, here's one guy. Since we're on the note of coaches, here's one guy who I think has a lot to prove. Um, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey was the coach of the year last year. Dwayne Casey led a team to be the number one seed in the East last year. Dwayne, Good the hard one, man. Dwayne Casey is the first coach in NBA history to be released by his team after winning coach of the year. And he's getting put on a team that I think has a lot of talent. Really. I think it's before, technically. He, Where did he released go him again? before he was awarded it. He um, won he's the, on the Pistons now. Is he the head coach? Of the yeah, Pistons? he's the head coach of the Pistons. Sure, so, Van Gundy got he, so he's now on a team that I think has a lot of athleticism, a lot of potential, Ooh. and really underperformed last year. Sure. And so they're primed to make a big jump this year. He's and, got some shooters. Yeah, and um, you know Dwayne Casey's. Uh, he made some moves in Toronto. He brought in some pieces. If he can bring in some pieces to um, Detroit, I, there's a lot of things going up. Plus, I think. Detroit t- tends to be very loyal to their coaches, so I bet you he has two, three years there minimum. And so even if he can't make it happen this year in the offseason, he might be able to make a couple big moves, uh, bring in some talent. He's got some young talent to Luke Kennard and uh, Reggie Jackson. And I think ultimately that team's going to end up maybe not being a top team in the East, but I could easily see them fl- uh, slip into a five or six seed. I think they'll be one of the playoff teams this yeah. year for sure. I'm again, how high? I think the East from like the second seed down is very muddy in terms of who's going to make the playoffs, what the where they're going to be. I think you can only you can really you're looking at it, you're like, all right, well, Boston, and Philly are the two top dogs. Let's fight it out for the last six spots. Well, so I think they're definitely in that. I think you got. I think you, this is a different topic, but I think you got to put. Uh, Toronto up there as Toronto, Philly, and Boston in the that's top true. three. And then Definitely. The rest, yeah, I don't think you can leave them out. Yeah. But that's a different topic. That is. It is. But I, I think that's got some merit. Uh, the other people, so John Burke coaches, a couple players, a team, I think that the T-Wolves have a lot to prove as a team. I think yeah. they need to step it up and get their shit straight. There's been a lot going on in the offseason about where people want to go. They – Jamal Crawford's still a free agent, so he's pretty much – is he going to be on the team next year? We don't know. It's still up in the air. Yeah, he has a couple offers from teams that are probably a lot more appealing than the Timberwolves, too. They'd have to – I think if the Timberwolves want to retain him, they'd have to give him more than a better minimum. Yeah, I thought he did pretty well with him. But yeah, I guess... no, I, I think he's a great off-the-bench talent. Um, well, here's a team that is offering him the better minimum that he'd be scary on is the Warriors. Yeah, I think the – They don't need help. <laughs> The reason that I think they're not working that necessarily as a talent portion might be just conflict with the front office. Maybe their organization, I think, might have some underlying issues with it as well. Um, but because there's been a lot of talk coming out about all these players who don't like the, the Timberwolves. They don't want to be on that team, you know. Andrew Wiggins was in a position where he got traded there, didn't know if it was going to work out. They ended up giving him a max contract. And then came out and said, hey, he, we know he's going to do better. He's going to improve. Like, they're back in different places. And then they just gave this one to Cat, $198 million. Yeah. Five years. Holy crap. It's a, it's a lot so of So they're money. putting their money on Wiggins. They're putting their money on Cat. Somebody that I think they're going to be just kind of pushing out to the side is Jimmy Butler. 
you know, he's he's going out. He's like, I think I want to play for keep trade requested a trade. Yeah, I I do not see Jimmy Butler playing for. Um, do you think you're going to get him out by the time the season starts? Well, um, if they don't, I think he'll be gone in the first month. Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, the coach, doesn't want to trade him, but the owner of the Timberwolves and the general manager want him out as soon as possible. Yeah, so if he wants out, then let's get something returned so we can build some unison in the locker room, on the court, by the time the season starts. You know, as I said, when Kyrie got traded from the Cavs, he requested it. Cavs really made, it, Cavs made it happen like that. So, you know... May I maybe they are willing to do that, but right now, right now in that front office, there is a lot of turmoil, turmoil, turmoil between the, um, the the owner and, and Tom Thibodeau because Tom Thibodeau, I believe, is also the GM there. Um, there's there's a fight between them because Thibodeau doesn't want to get rid of him right now, and the owner wants him gone. So there are a lot of differences of, of of opinions. I know that uh, Kevin Garnett. I think when this first started back in 2007, he got traded. He didn't ever really want to get traded. He wanted to stay on the Timberwolves, but I can I can see why he got traded. They got seven players for him. Yeah. Um, and he did get a good end of the deal going with the Celtics and winning a ring. But him coming back, the story continues, when he came back and retired with the Timberwolves, he asked if he could stay on and just help out, you know, just be kind of like a coach. And they said no. And so you're like, that kind of made me wonder, why would you deny, like, That'd be some great expertise, like some great veteran knowledge for your younger developing players. Why wouldn't you want to keep him around? You know, I think they just have a tendency to make these poor decisions on who to keep and who not to, um, which I think is going to come back and bite them in the butt. Like, I think you want a Jimmy Butler or a Kevin Garnett and try to make things work and get the most out of them. I personally would try to double down on Jimmy Butler rather than Carl Anthony Towns. Exactly. And like, I, what, I, mean, I think a big part of it is Wiggins also had beef with him, so it's one player or two players. And with the way Wiggins has been playing and Wiggins' contract, not a lot. no one's going to trade for him. Yeah. Maybe the Hawks would trade for him to he eat, to eat cap like space and get some picks. more but years on his contract. Yeah, so, so it, it really – He's locked in. Carl's mm-hmm. now locked in. So it's those two – and whoever they can get, who, yeah. Whoever they can get for Jimmy Butler. And I, Butler. I think he will be on a different team by the end of the season because I think people have saw the Kevin Durant situation. And a little different. Obviously, Kevin Durant was not expected to leave to Golden State in the offseason, and mm-hmm. the Thunder didn't get anything back versus, you know, now Jimmy Butler wants out. Well, they, there's no, they're not going to keep him during the season and then him be a free agent and not get anything for him. So I think – you're going to start seeing the – not this example. You're going to start seeing either players request trades or franchises start to think, okay, if we're not feeling 100% that we can secure our all-star to another deal, if we can't get that done for the free agent, maybe they trade them because they are scared that yeah, they're not going to get anything back. Right, well, shoot. Yeah, might just walk and all of a sudden you just lost an all-star. Yeah. That, um, so the, the people who – the teams that are, Jimmy Butler is looking at, are the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Nets? Those those teams are his list. Which I, I was think, surprised when I heard that. Um, so, I was too. So just, a little bit. Just one fact I want to throw in there is um, the Knicks have come out and said they have no interest in trading any of their young players or future draft picks. I think they've decided that they're a big enough destination in free agency that people are going to come to them. They think but that. if we're if we're talking about possible trade scenarios, I think we can pretty much rule the Knicks out because they don't want to give up. Any of their uh, new first round, uh, new young players, 
um, or draft picks, and it's not like so, they have a lot of superstars yeah. worth trading for. Here's the thing: I've got their all of their salaries pulled up in their their list. Here, their team is hilariously cheap. Because Kristaps is still in his rookie deal. Still in his rookie deal for another year. He's got eighteen, nineteen, and he's got nineteen, twenty on yeah. on that deal. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Mudiay, same boat. A high potential player who I think they're going to try to keep around. So those two players, once those guys, they're they have to re-sign them. They're going to be looking. Tim Hardaway Jr., they still have another year on him after that. That's a pretty sizable contract. Ennis Cantor right now has, He's making like He's making some money. He's making like 18000 or sorry, $18 million. He's still on his OKC contract. He's yeah. about to get released, I think, after this, opening up. Joakim Noah has two more. So he expires the same time that uh, Moutier and Porzingis expire. I think they get rid of him, mm. get rid of those two guys, and then they have the cap space – Pardon me for Butler, for Irving, and maybe even um, another center, like See, a good center from around the league. To, that's to what I was out. thinking. If I'm the Knicks, I would go in the opposite direction of what they said. You know, I would be okay with getting with trading Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, because if you get Butler, all of a sudden you've got no, Butler no, and those. Porzingis, and them. then that's more of a draw for Kyrie to go there. Then you've got yeah. a pretty good power three in the Eastern Conference with Porzingis, Butler, and it, Kyrie. It, it's a, it's you can a, still get those guys it, and a, keep Kevin, uh, Kevin Knox and Frank Nikita. It, it's, it's a good bluff play if you think you can hold out. Like I think it's uh, great, but also – do you really count on, um, say, the Clippers do trade for Jimmy Butler? They have uh, room for two Supermaxes. They can do a Supermax, Jimmy Butler, a Max to Kyrie Irving, and then maybe get another piece. And they have so, role players like Lou Williams, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly, Tobias Harris. Here's, you're you're assuming here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's their cap space. Jimmy Butler. Here's their cap space. They, don't, they probably can't have that lineup. They have about $55 million cap space. Mm-hmm. That's probably enough to get Kawhi and Butler – Right, you want you think fifty-five mil? Irving and Butler. Okay, well, let's say Irving and Butler. You think that's enough for both of them to um, get rid of the, to get that fifty-five million? They have to uh, get rid of Patrick they, Beverly, Tobias Harris, Wesley Johnson, Boban, and Marcin Gortat. But you got to think if they are trading for Butler, then two of those players are gone. Like a lot of people think that in order to get Butler that the Clippers would have to trade Tobias Harris and then a combination of Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Avery Bradley, one of those people and an additional draft pick to get Butler back. So you got to think those contracts would be gone because that's what because unfortunately like that's yeah. all they have to yeah. trade. I understand. I'm just saying they don't have the mo- they have their money in the wrong people. They need to try to keep Tobias Harris and Patrick Beverly. Wesley Johnson, Boban, and Marcin Gortat, I think, are replaceable. So those should be the guys that you get out. But that's not going to be enough for you to get both. I think I think they're also a team that can go Irving to and Butler. I, I think, I think they're a big, mar- big market team in LA. They can become a perennial playoff threat. And they can build this dynasty. Uh, if I were the Clippers, I would I would not hesitate to go deep into luxury tax. Yeah, that's a possibility. The issue is, I think I think that team needs more than just a Kyrie and a Jimmy Butler to to be a Kawhi? real contender. I mean or, or yeah, what if it's Kawhi and Jimmy Butler and they double down on Patrick Beverly with Shea Gilgis Alexander coming off the bench because I think he's gonna turn into a stud. He's young. He's still cheap because he's on his rookie contract. It'll be interesting. I mean I I think to, to win in this league you, you need a, a three all star team. Mm-hmm. You know, the past couple I mean, years we've seen big threes win the championship. We 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 saw one team almost uh, with two all stars be a um, pulled ha- or torn hamstring 
away from winning the championship this year. The Rockets are a two all-star team, and if Chris Paul didn't get injured or if they didn't miss 27 straight threes, both of which are acts of God and pretty much unavoidable, um, I think Houston Rockets are a new NBA champion. I, I agree, but I don't. I think uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are not James Harden and Chris Paul. I think I think James Harden is better than both those players. I think I think like Chris Paul is on the level of Kyrie. I think those two are better than. I think if that was better than Kyrie comparison, and, uh, but I would say the Rockets have a good system that works for them. The Clippers are going to have to have a whole new system come in because they were Lob City. They had some power, strong power forwards and centers and a good assist man. If they're going to come into this new type of offense without those guys, those those key players, you got to think if uh, a system like that can accept Kawhi, Butler. I think those guys are probably be able to fit anywhere, but I don't think Irving's going to have any interest to go to L.A. No, I think he's – I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I don't – I think – Irving wouldn't be opposed to. I think being in a big market like that. Also, think about how many Irving. Uh, think about how many Irving jerseys they would sell because in the same city you have Irving and LeBron, which is already just a perennial rivalry. I think if his agent lays it down to him in dollars and cents and says, "Hey, here's how much you really have to stand to go to LA," and if that, I think that's a more plausible storyline if the Lakers and the Celtics end up in like a finals in the next. Two years because that's when Irving would be a, a Celtic. Yeah. yeah. So if they can end up in the finals in the next two years, I think that is more plausible that he will go to the, the Clippers to continue the the feud, the rivalry, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I don't. I don't think he would be this. I think the, the issue here is like people would be people don't want to be the first one to go because there's no guarantees. I think if they trade for Jimmy Butler, essentially Butler, he wants to go to the Clippers. So there's someone who wants to go to that market. Then you can start adding other all-stars because now they're looking, oh, we got another all-star there. I'm not going there with no promise of another all-star coming with me. So Butler's already willingly said, I want to go to the Clippers. So maybe then he can help to pull in other all-stars. So here's the thing. I think Butler is also not working in tools because his work ethic is so much different than uh, the people on that team. Can can, Can you rephrase that to his work ethic is so much better? Than the yeah. people on the Timberwolves, yeah. which, which is surprising. <laughs> considering Tom, surprising considering Tom Thibodeau is the coach. Yeah, I, just, I don't. I honestly like. I don't think Thibodeau is a great fit for the players. They're very different that players. Are in you got because you have Cat and Wiggins who are lazy. Hey, those two, and then you have Jimmy Butler who's had to work for everything to get to where he is now. He mm-hmm. had to go from junior college to fighting for a walk-on scholarship to getting picked in the, the last pick in the first round. Um, to the NBA for averaging 2.6 points for the first couple of years to finally being a, an all-star. And through all of that, he's done it through hard work and determination. So not working with, with working with people around you that don't have that same work ethic, it's got to be hard. I, I think that, um, yes, he has a different work ethic than the people on the Wolves. Um, I think that the people on the Wolves – Wolves are the exception, and Jimmy Butler is the rule. I don't think there are very many, many serious basketball players who wouldn't want to play with someone like Jimmy Jimmy Butler, who's constant first one in the gym, last one to leave. Those are the types of teammates that NBA players love to have. And so I think if Jimmy Butler uh, – I think with Jimmy Butler's work ethic, I know you threw it out as something that people might consider. I think it's more a pro than a con. 
Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I, I, I would agree. I think it's it's hurting him at the Timberwolves, but it's you gotta go through that process to get on a team that you yeah. have a potential to win. Yeah. I don't think the Timberwolves have a shot at the title in the next few years. While, while we're on the fact, can we talk about the fact that the Timberwolves traded away Zach Levine, oh, yeah. um, Laurie Markkinen, and Chris Dunn for to get 58 games out of Jimmy Butler? The Timberwolves, can you imagine the Timberwolves with, um, uh, if they hadn't made that trade? They would be a young, and in two or three years, especially if you were to put some drive into Cat and Wiggins, which maybe you wouldn't, and maybe proving uh, Butler wrong is the spark that needs to be lit for them. But uh, having a starting five of Zach Levine, um, or probably Chris Dunn, Zach Levine at the two, uh, Wiggins at the three, Laurie Markkinen uh, at the four, and Cat at the five. Oh, like, that's a pretty good young team. That's a it, young team. That's... And also, those are all uh, – I guess Levine's expensive now, but – for at least this last year, those were all pretty young, cheap contracts. What was stopping them from going out and making one of these big free agent grabs? Like, uh, in the so we're going back a year ago. Paul George was on the free agent market, and what if they could get, could have gotten Paul George out from under the thunder? And so now you've got um, you either have uh, you probably have done off the bench now. Levine at the one, uh, Wiggins at the two, Paul at the three. Uh, thank you, Mason. Um, the uh, those the listeners, if you heard that, um, this is Mason, who we've been trying to convince is in fact lactose intolerant, but he won't believe us. I think he just said a high fiber diet, dude. <laughs> Whatever you said. Either way, it's gotta stop. You <laughs> um, need to seek help. But yeah, uh, the Timberwolves, I think, gave up a lot for nothing in return. Their front office really sort of screwed the pooch on this whole Jimmy Butler move. That's yeah. why I think it's an organization, man. Yeah, are- I, I I think they are a bottom five front office in the league. Yeah. Not turning out too well for them. No. Um, but that, yeah. I mean, that makes me wonder, like, who – so if the Clippers could somehow pull in Butler and Kawhi or some combination of these two superstars – into their organization would that make them a super team? Yes, that make them a super. So I, I I think you gotta take into account they're gonna have to give up something. So I don't know what exactly they would get up give up to get Butler, but let's say they um so the pieces they have to give up are Patrick Beverly, Avery Bradley, Lou Williams, and Tobias Harris. I think they and should definitely pick. uh and a pick. I think that if they're gonna go after Butler and Kawhi, they should give up to, Tobias Harris, who I think is. He's going to really build into something. I think he's good. Mm-hmm. But when you have Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, Tobias Harris is a redundancy. Yeah. I, I think you might go like Harris and Bradley. And then maybe if you have to, the pick. Because Harris and Butler play the same position. Kawhi and Kawhi. Bradley would play the same position. Got, and then you, you have you, the pick. You got that flipped. Butler's the You think Butler guard, plays Kawhi's the two? Three. I yeah. think Butler plays the two. And they both Kawhi play the three the where they're at right now. Yeah. So... In that scenario, those two side by side, I think Butler would trade. Yeah, he can go. I mean, they can go either way. They're yeah. both good defensive players, so they can switch on and off. Right. So that makes the Clippers kind of a not a sleeper team of this upcoming season, but more of like a sleeper uh, uh, super team. Kind so, what other sleeper super teams do you think there are in the NBA? Dallas like Mavericks. The next two years, probably. Yeah, is if Luka Doncic is everything that he's uh, gone out to be, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to have a breakout year. I saw, I saw a picture that they're starting five today. I was like, no, they are. They might be a pretty dangerous yeah. team. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's a great. He 
DeAndre Jordan is the perfect epitome of what every team wants in a center. What is DeAndre Jordan, if not the best possible version of Clint Capella? And now check this out. Dirk Nowitzki coming off the bench. Yeah, and honestly. Like a, like a true. I love him for doing it. He, Dwayne Wade, I have the highest respect for those guys. Yeah. Coming off the bench, being that leadership role with Spark, that was really going to make the team better. Wesley Matthews stepping up into a new role. Um, J.J. Berea's a good off-the-bench shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the rookies are going to be big factors in how they actually do this year. If they, the, they don't, if they kind of suck, then you still got a couple of years to work it out. The, their, the next couple of years, they could be a super team. Yeah. Their rookies are, uh, their rookies definitely have uh, something to prove. But I think especially with Dirk leaving, I'm looking up Dirk's contract right now, but that's going to open up some contract. Uh, some space. I think Harrison Barnes. Uh, so he's only on five million. Uh, Barnes. Harrison, too. Harrison Barnes is yeah. pretty expensive. And I don't think he's quite a superstar. He's a great role player, though. Yeah, and I think I think if they can land one of the big superstars in free agency next year, I think um, Kevin Durant would be a perfect uh, fit there. Even though Kevin Durant would be a perfect fit anywhere. <laughs> That's um, true. I think if they could land. Um, Mm. A Jimmy Butler, maybe. He'd go home to Dallas. Yeah. You know, he's from Texas. Yeah. He? Um, no, he, no went he, just, he, he, he went to school in Texas. What about a Clay Thompson? Um, Not enough? I think Clay Thompson would be great there, but I think they are already really deep at the guards. I think they need a small forward, power forward as a star. Yeah. Um, Someone to replace Dirk, but also yeah. the ability to go to a three. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if they make a big move in the offseason – I think there's a lot of promise on that team. And plus, you know, the Mavericks have championship pedigree. The Mavericks are a team that's been there before. Even if a lot of the players haven't been there, the coaching staff's been there and the ownership's been there. And they know what it takes to be a winning organization. And so I think ultimately they are a team that can go deep next year. I don't think they need necessarily need a star to, to – I mean, they had Dirk when they won it before. But if they have any number of any of the guys they have on that team now, I think could step up and be that star. Yep. Um, and I think they could go all the way, like as is. But yep. they just need a little bit more experience. Okay. Um, another team I think that has uh, potential to be a super team, though, a sleeper super team in the next couple of years, Seventy uh, Sixers. I yep. think they are one guy away from being a. I don't really think a they're a sleeper three. super team. I think everyone's saying that, but. But who who comes to your mind that would go play Thompson? Right now. Like, Clay Thompson would be the, the guy to make their super team. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But I think they were more of a sleeper super team because they're not necessarily one now. Yeah, okay. That's what they, 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 need the, they need a little more shooting around everybody just because their main two guards is a thing season. Fultz and Simmons can't shoot. Yeah, they've got Reddick who can shoot, and they have Covington who, Covington who can shoot. But to have another – just one more Reddick's guy like Thompson. for another year, so yeah. they'd have to sign him again. Yeah. Yeah. But he keeps on taking smaller and smaller contracts. Because it's 12 he, mil this time. So. Yeah, he went from 26 to 12 mil. And I think he's really committed to wanting to be on a winning franchise. He was given a bigger contract than 12 mil. Well, they cut him to 3 pictures. mil, give that extra money to Clay Thompson coming yeah, in. Yeah, and Embiid and Simmons and Fultz are also on the rookie contract. So Embiid no. um, signed his extension? Yeah, he's got an yeah. extension. Yeah, Embiid okay. signed his extension, but there are like – 14 million clauses in mm. his contract about injury and stuff like that that yeah, uh, sure. all take effect just because of the first you know year and a half two years yeah, they, so they've career. got Embiid till like 22 23 Robert Covington is a, a long one uh, Zaire Smith 
They just got Wilson Landry Chandler Sh- from, uh, and John Bolden from the Denver. I think that's be a good role player that, for them. Uh, yeah, I think I think that was a good pickup. He also brings shooting. So they got Simmons for another two years and Dario Sark for another two years. Then Sark's they have to try bad. to resign them. But in the next season, they're only going to be out Wilson Chandler, JJ Redick, Jared Bayless, Mike Muscala, um. Amir Johnson, TJ McConnell. So all these guys, I think they can. And I think you could totally let J.J. Reddick go for a Clay Thompson. Exactly. You could Just form those guys them. into a Clay Thompson salary right there. Yeah. Um, here, here's a team who I think might turn into a super team, and um, the Jazz. I think the Jazz are just slow and steady, picking away at becoming a better and better team. I think Donovan Mitchell's obviously going to be a superstar in this league. I think Grayson Allen has potential to be an awesome D and three two guard. Um, they have uh, the perfect defensive anchor at the center who can he can run in the post. He can't shoot, but that's okay. You don't necessarily need a stretch five in this league. Um, Ricky Rubio is a great playmaking point guard, and uh, obviously the dad of the NBA, Jingles, Jingle Bells, and I think. They're a team with a lot of sleeper talent, and like they I might, said, there's a, there's a lot of talent up for grabs this year. What if, what if they go out and they get uh, uh, one of these ridiculous stars? What if they get um, – a Clay Thompson would obviously help them. A, a Kevin Durant would obviously help them. I think they could work around a Kyrie Irving and just take Ricky Rubio out of the starting lineup. Like <laughs> Although they, Ricky Rubio has had a lot of 30-point games. Oh, Ricky Rubio. Score. Ricky Rubio is awesome. And if you had Ricky Rubio as your backup point guard, or hell, if you traded Ricky Rubio for uh, solid producing uh, power forward, I think that's a team that – it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. The jazz, the jazz might be the at least until Donovan Mitchell showed up the least because they made the playoffs last year to the year before that before Donovan Mitchell the least flashy NBA team. There's not a ton of star power, but they're just that they're you know they're that they're that, they're that you know they're solid. They don't win big. They don't lose big. They just chip away at what they do, and all of a sudden, the playoffs come around, and they're the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. You know? So, out of nowhere. So, I, I, I have a scenario that this wouldn't even be a super team next year. This would be a one-year and one-year only super team That's that this city would say, hey, we want a title, and we want it now. Um, what if Houston were to trade, say, a Gerald Green and um, a couple other of their athletic wings and make a one-year stab at Jimmy Butler, knowing he's probably going to leave. But then you have that terrifying starting lineup, uh, just high-efficiency players. You have um, Paul at the um, one, Harden at the two. You put Butler at the three. You got Capella at the five. And any number of their athletic wings at the four, whether that be... Is he? Um, Trevor... No, no, not P.J. Tucker. Uh, P.J. No. Tucker or... Um, you're probably going to trade some away. You could, uh, you could put um, Gerald Green. Uh, that Gerald Green gets out of the starting lineup then. But I think if the Rockets get uh, Jimmy Butler, I think that becomes a stupid, scary team. I think the issue with, with something like that is, is the Timberwolves on the receiving end of those deals. You know, they've got an all-star. They want something back, and I don't know if a bunch of role players who play the wings is going to be enough. People to shoot the you ball. Think, they need some yeah, shoot. You don't think they'd do it for Gerald Green and Eric Gordon? Yeah, they would. They would do that in a heartbeat. Gerald Green, Air Gordon, straight up just those two for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they probably have not, to throw maybe a pick in there. I, 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 I don't think that uh, those that two, just uh, those two would, would about, be enough. How about those two in a pick? Tools. If you're in win now mode, they're in win now. Pick. They just locked in two. They have Wiggins and they have Carl Anthony Towns. Those are their two guys they're locking in on. They need shooters. Yeah. So now they're going to go with 
Eric Gordon, good shooter, and Gerald Green, good shooter. Yeah. Also an athletic guy who can who's good. I, I, I still think they're more because both they have outstanding defense. Yeah. Or something they need in their starting lineup. I think that's a trade that benefits all parties. And who knows? Maybe Jimmy Butler wins a ring and says, "Hey, that's not too bad." He sticks around. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to try to pay Melo, Chris Paul, James Harden, and no. Jimmy Butler for multiple seasons. No, I think if they get Jimmy Butler, why would you ever re-sign Melo? I, I you, <laughs> you still couldn't do it with Chris Paul, J- James Harden, and Butler. Like those oh, three you, contracts you, together. You, you could if you'd be uh, so far. You, you could if again. Jimmy Butler decides to stay on his current. He's making like twenty million, nineteen. Yeah, is 19, what he's at. So nineteen million, and you'd be trading away uh, Eric Gordon, who's making thirteen million. Uh, how, uh, Gerald Green's making uh, one million. So you'd be taking five million into luxury tax, which you could very easily get rid of by waving Marquise Chris. You could very easily get rid of by waving Brandon Knight. There. I wouldn't wave. I wouldn't wave Marquise Chris. Yeah, that's fine. He's a young talent who may, you know, maybe he can develop into what, a, what, then, a better. Then, then, why you, then why don't you just bite the bullet now and buy out Brandon Knight? Because there is almost no place for Brandon Knight on that team, especially not for fourteen million a year. Fourteen million? Are you that's, kidding that's me? Still his, uh, that's still Phoenix that's still his Phoenix Phoenix contract. contract. Oh my gosh! Get yeah. by him out. Or yeah. the Hornets wonder. I don't. know. He's been everywhere. Yeah. The, the Bucks deal. He was on the Bucks as well because he missed that layup. <laughs> um, it, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't think this will happen, but I, a man can dream. It'd be cool. I is, just don't want the Warriors to win again next exactly, year. That's, I, that's, that's all I'm thinking. <laughs> there's, so, there's too much parody in sports as a whole these days. And, you know, Too much? I don't think it's too much. I think there's not enough. No, I mean, every year it's like, all right, Warriors, Patriots. Hockey gonna be the fucking Penguins again. Yankees, Red Sox. You know, there's the the past couple years. You know, sports as a whole have been dominated by the same teams in every league. It's right, that's not parity. There needs to be more parity. No, that that is parity. You have the wrong definition of parity. What parity means? The same people win each year. Okay. Well, that's not you spell parity wrong. That's parity like a song that makes fun of another song. It's pair p a i r i t y. Something along that line. There it is. Sorry, there's no way in it. Take condition of being equal, especially. Oh, never mind. He's Mason Whatever. was right. So another episode of Mason was right on captured in full. I love it. So just let's make this a weekly recurring segment, man. Mason was right. Sam so, and I, Sam and I recently started a-, a charity. Um, it's really close to our hearts. Something that we've been passionate about for about five years now. Yeah, it's uh, we really worry about Mason. We think he's in a dark place, and if he doesn't get a win every now and again, uh, I don't, I don't want to know what his life would be like. Oh. It's kind of a vicious attack there. Unwanted. Uh, all right. Well, moving on. Um, in. Top Hollywood and NBA news, uh, Space Jam 2 has, it's been in talks for a long time, it's officially been announced, it's definitely happening, LeBron James is going to play the Michael Jordan role, but that leaves five NBA stars who have to become the Monstars. Now, I I think that, you, I could be wrong, thank you, I really hope we get an awesome remix to this song, because I like this song a lot, but it would be really lazy to just leave it as is. But, um, yes, so here we are with Space Jam. 
Um, I think to be a good monster, you have to A, be talented. B, you have to sort of be seen as a villain in the league. Like Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing were both sort of seen as villains. They both had beef with Michael previously, and that's how they ended up as monsters. And um, I think largely uh, on top of that, your highlight, the way your play style has to be put up highlights that would be fun to watch cartoons replicate. Yeah, right? I mean, you're, you're just your physical yeah. form as a character yeah. would be fun. So, so Sean Bradley was that tall, lanky, like extremely yeah, exactly. had- extreme guy. And then you had the Muggy Bogues, the extremely small guy. So. But the extremely small guy with dazzling handles who was yeah. fun to watch. And then you had Larry Johnson, uh, who was just an incredible dunker. Yeah. Just got in the paint and just... So, bodied everyone. so we're looking for the next five, next five, next monsters. five monsters. So, so I'm going to start with mine. I think above it, above all else, the one person who has the personality, the play style, just everything about him to be a monster is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is talented. Joel Embiid was taken upon himself to sort of be the troll of the NBA, sort of a villain. He beefs with a lot of people. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, like plays a lot of fancy footwork, but also gets inside bodies and shoots from the outside. And on top of that, I think he just, I think he would make find a way to be entertaining on his limited screen time within this movie. So anchoring, anchoring, you got MB with the five. Uh, this next one's sort of phoning in because this guy's come out and said his agent's actively trying to get him a role, and I think he would translate perfectly between his athleticism and his shooting and his speed is Victor Oladipo. So you got MB with the five, Oladipo with the two. Um, I would put Durant at the three because Durant's a villain in this league. Durant obviously has beef with uh, LeBron James, and so LeBron James beating Durant Durant would end up adding to the whole Hollywood aspect of it. Um, at the one, I think you either do Kyrie Irving because of his because uh, his incredible handles and um, his previous history with LeBron, but I think Kyrie Irving that's sort of out of persona for him. I don't really think he likes being. Um, I don't want to say he doesn't like being the center of attention, but I think he doesn't like being a caricature. I think he sees himself as very serious. And someone who I think would be a caricature and has... Dude, he's been Uncle Drew. What are you talking about? That's don't true. Want to be a caricature. That's true. He is Uncle Drew. He but... could totally do I think he might be have a cameo as somebody. Like, maybe he helps out LeBron's team, you know? How yeah. fun would that be? Cameo by Uncle Drew! But... I think more accurate... Or somebody who I think would be great for the, the Muggsy Bogues role is Isaiah Thomas. I mean, shortest guy in the league. Just seems like it might be your time. His role. I I would have thought that two years ago, but I'm not sure he has the star power anymore. Yeah, but true. I mean, Sean Bradley was in it, and it's not like Sean Bradley went down as a is NBA legend. Stopping, <laughs> is there anything stopping Hollywood from just getting all the Warriors? Oh, uh, that's <laughs> uh, to me that was my five. My five should be uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, um, Draymond Green, Draymond and, Green Boogie and Boogie Cousins. And for me, I definitely was thinking like. Draymond Green, they can make his monster look like a donkey, kind of with the teeth, the buck teeth. That could happen. Um, I think just the physical and kind of mean play of Demarcus Cousins could be could be there. Mm-hmm. Um, excluding like star power, Marcus Smart kind of has the bully type mentality that could. I mean, he kind of already is almost a monster. Yeah, but. You know, it's you just think every player like, oh, that could be. I like, I like Embiid. I think his just the way he like trolls everyone really. His personality, fits, you know, it just it's fits very this movie very animated. Well. <laughs> I think that worked out well because Charles Barkley and um, Patrick Ewing were some pretty funny guys. Like they were, they had some good 
uh, off-court personalities. Uh, Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues, like I said, were kind of like the extreme-looking persons. And then Larry Johnson was just a good dunker, good player at the time. So I, I think whoever they get for this year or this, this remake or sequel or – Is LeVar uh, Ball going to be Mr. Swackhammer? Uh, the owner of Moron Mountain. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think that would be the perfect role for LeVar Ball. There's <laughs> one. And I think LeVar Ball believes that there's no role too small for LeVar Ball as long as you pay him that money. BBB. <laughs> BBB, baby. God. I'm, I'm excited to see. I'll, I'll go see. I'll put that oh, on yeah. my face, man. Uh, I'm hoping Bill Murray's in. Tunes. Oh, Bill Murray's better who, get it. They need who that. Who we Bill want Murray. to be in this movie? Bill Murray. Uh, cameo by Michael Jordan would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, I, I can see Michael Jordan. Little nods, like, yeah, I already did this. Fuck yeah. you, I don't need it. Whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. It'd be fun. Um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, so, just a little side note. I recently rewatched um, uh, Space Jam. It's a great movie. But, like, you know... Michael Jordan had just left uh, basketball for gambling, and like the pivotal scene of the movie is Michael Jordan makes this big crazy bet where he's like, "Hey, you give them their talent back, or I go with you to Moron Mountain." It's like, Michael, what are you doing gambling at all again? Shouldn't you know this by now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think they're gonna... It's like, yeah, we say something about it, you know? Like, what are they gonna do? We joke about it's funny. Yeah, but um. Obviously, obviously an instant classic, and I'm really excited to see what happens with the new one. Um, moving on, we have our last segment um, of we compare two players for, who never played uh, from different eras, or two players who have similar play styles. See who's better. Um, the first one I drew um, is a Hall of Famer versus probably a future Hall of Famer right here in Carl Malone versus Draymond Green. Um, Two similar styles of play, kind of played the bully as the power forward for their teams. I, I think they're very similar, um, but I'm, I'm just going to come out and say right away, I give it to Carl Malone because he's such a bigger scoring threat. I think they're both great defensive players, and Draymond Green stretched the floor a little bit and maybe has some better vision. But Carl Malone's like, what, a top he's the mailman. Top, top five score, top three score all time. Top two. He's, top, he's the he's second he's a, all-time. He's, he's the second all-time leading scorer. Behind Kareem. Behind Kareem. Like, so he, he is a – he's played – the reason he is up there is because he played for like – 18 or 19 seasons, consistently averaging about the same number of points. He yeah. always was playing at a high level. It's easy when he got stopped. And he, didn't, he was a, a consistent, like, played almost all of the season as but, well, every uh, game. To play the devil's advocate here, though, he was always the number one score, scoring threat on his team. That's true. Whereas Draymond Green plays on a Not team. Not true. It wasn't always. When he was at the Lakers. Uh, I forgot he did. Uh, he was he was always the number one scoring threat uh, on the Jazz. Yeah, and uh, where he, he spent the majority of his career. Yeah. But um, I think when you really get down to it, um, Draymond Green, I think, could be a bigger scorer and sacrifice a lot because, frankly, he plays on a team with now five, four better scorers in the starting lineup in Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, no particular order, but all of them are better scorers than Draymond Green. And all of them might be better scorers than Carl Malone. Possibly. Yeah, definitely true. I, I think. Draymond has some merit to his argument, though, being as I think he's more dominant of a defensive mm-hmm. player. Um, one-time defensive player of the year, I think he could arguably be two or three. Yeah. Um, I think he is a good – he's a very under 
rated scorer. Yeah, he can score. He, it's just not his responsibility. So we dog on him for not being a scorer because he doesn't necessarily need to be one. And on top of that, how many power forwards basically run the offense? He leads that team in assists. He absolutely has great court vision, distributes the ball out. Closest he, one to a quadruple double um, in recent in history. Yeah, it wasn't a quadruple double. It was a five by five, wasn't it? No, quadru- he was. Yeah, he he, he got the five by five. He got five. the five by five. He, he's been the closest to the quadruple double in a while. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, but was Carmelo? He got a quadruple double at one point in his career, did he not? Not that I, I don't know. So, the last one was by the Admiral. Okay. Um, Here's us while we Google real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think not that it not that it really should help, but Draymond also has three rings. Yep, there have been four quadruple doubles in the NBA: Nate Thurman, Alvin Robert, Robertson, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, and David Robinson. So, yeah, I, I was wrong. Um, so, yeah, the Admiral being the last one. Yep. So, wow, not one since 1994. Mm-hmm. We have not had a quadruple double in our lifetime. It was about four months before I was born. It's it's a difficult thing I, it's, to it's, accomplish. Yeah, and on, to, on top of that, um, I think – the NBA is sort of getting – people play roles a lot more in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We don't, We still do have superstars, but, I mean, superstars – How many – necessarily th- a player who's on the team for, like, you know, he's a 3 and D guy. Yeah. Back then it was kind of like, yeah, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got the two main guys. Yeah. yeah. Role, more, a lot more role players. Um, the but I still are... think that the three rings kind of does lead to a little bit more towards Draymond. He was on – not to say that – um, Carmelo never had a shot at the title. I think every year he was – Unfortunately – They were big contenders, especially in the finals. The issue just, was is that, you know, Carl Malone ran into the Jordan teams. Draymond Green is the Jordan team. You know? Exactly. It's, it's just the habit of what team they're on. So Draymond could be so would you say as Jordan good be as a player on a different team. Would I say just Jordan better than Carl? Yes, yes, yes I, uh, Yeah. So they ran into yeah. him. I'm just saying. I'd say Jordan's better than Draymond too, though. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the fact that he doesn't have championships because, unfortunately for him, he ran into the era of Jordan. Unfortunately for a lot of players this day, they ran into the era where they're playing against LeBron James and the Golden State Warriors. People who could win a championship aren't because they ran into that team. Like there's, you know, people today who aren't in the NFL who aren't going to run it when it was Super Bowl because they ran into the Tom Brady era. I I really don't like the argument of not having rings. I think if a person has rings, you can use that as a pro, but I don't think you can yeah. say someone's a worse player because they don't have them. And yes, like Although Dr- for as long as he's played for as dominant as he was, yeah. to not be able to win a ring. Yeah. And yeah, I, but if we're going by rings, Bill Russell's the greatest NBA player of all time. Um because he has the most rings. No. That would be uh, Phil Jackson. He's got 12. He's the most as a player, though. Or 14, I think. Well, Because uh, he got him as a player well, and a coach. If, if we're counting it, no, but if we're counting it, uh, Bill Russell actually has 13 because he got two rings for a lot of them because he was a player coach. Yeah, I think Phil Jackson still has like 14. Okay. Players okay. only. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're a little bit under time right now. And um, real quick, take a quick vote. I say Carl Malone. I say Carl Malone. I'll give the Draymond. All right, so we're two to one, Carl Malone, Draymond. We're gonna do another quick one that I think is an interesting one because both of them played very similar roles in the NBA. Uh, we have Yao Ming versus Manute Bull. So both of them were defensive centers. Um, both of them were the tallest person in the NBA at the time they played. Mm-hmm. Um, is Manute Bull a Hall of Famer? 
I don't believe so. No. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna come out and say Manupal. I give a lot of respect to, but I gotta give this one to Yao Ming. I gotta give to Yao Ming. He, he's just he's an all he multi time all star. I don't think Manupal is only famous for being a big blocker and being tall. Um, Yao Ming still had some agility, he had some some range, yeah. so I think that gives him a lot more. I think he's a better defender too. If you true, he was probably didn't get at as many blocks, but other so, than that, I think he probably contested a lot more shots. Yeah, I mean, offensively wise, he only averaged two point six points exactly. per game. Yao Ming was an offensive threat. While he got a ton of blocks, I think it's a no brainer that it's Yao Ming. Yeah. So, so if I think that one wrapped up quickly, I'll give it to Yao Ming. But I'd like to take this time to share two of my favorite Manu Ball anecdotes. One is, at one point, they're trying so hard to get him to gain weight that during practice, they would just be feeding him Budweiser's. They would just give it was the only thing that was high calorie that the coach could convince him to consume. And so he just had a lot of beer while practicing, some majority, and sometimes during games. So a lot of his basketball career was drunk, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> also, it's rumored that... Uh, he lied about his age getting to the NBA, and he may have been as old as 50 during his playing career. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. Yeah, and people are like, oh my god, he died in his 40s, like, or like his 70s. No one really knows. Really <laughs> he had this little piece of paper that says, I am 12, and then yeah. the green crayon was whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, this has been another fun episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, look for us again soon. Uh, we are hoping that as the season starts, we'll be able to get more episodes out to you. There'll be a lot more content. Um, and we're looking forward to good, uh, big things. Uh, comment on our videos if you have anything you – or on our um, podcast if you have anything you'd like to tell us. If there's any topics you want us to cover. Tell us um, we suck if we suck. Please cool. subscribe. Recommend us to your friends. And – um, yeah, we, we have a lot of fun doing this, and we really hope whoever's listening to this had a lot of fun listening to us. So um, we'll see you again soon. Thank you.